0: Oh, good morning, everyone. (coughs) This is my last day. Tomorrow I return to Thailand. So are there any questions, urgent questions, last minute? You practice dying with meditation. <coughs> die before you die. The true nature of consciousness is peace, so it's, it's not something just recognizing it, you really. Know. <coughs> and it's the body that dies conditions the body is a sankara condition and because it was born it dies all sankaras have the same pattern as i've said before but in the in awareness then there, you begin to recognize peacefulness which isn't about birth and death anymore it's it's Dhamma, it's ultimate reality, so trust in that, trust in awareness. Then when it's time for the body to pack up, that's all that's dying. Even though your mind might be saying, I'm dying, or, you know, that's what, what the ego, the sakyadity, the self, believes. <clears throat> you know, we believe I'm the body and I'm dying. But what is aware of the thinking? When you're thinking I am, what is, there's awareness of it. You, you create the sense of I am and then you limit yourself to a physical body, to the age. And that's what suffering is about. That's what the Buddha is pointing to. What the first noble truth. How we create suffering through ignorance of dhamma, identifying with the body, with the feelings, with the memories, thoughts, all the phenomenal conditions that we experience. And it's, you know, it's subtle, like this awareness, Because it, it isn't, uh, even though it's here and now, the power of the senses, the the conditioning of our emotional conditioning, our thoughts, our memories are so real for us. You know, we believe in them. We commit ourselves to the idea that I'm a separate, sentient being and then see myself always as in opposition to a world out there, separate. So that's what the first noble truth of dukkha, of suffering, is pointing to. So there's nothing to fear regarding death. It's when you don't know that, when you're heedless and you're, and you're so identified with your body that you believe you're dying and you, your, your mind might be saying that, your thoughts, your emotions. But that's why I keep encouraging you to trust awareness because that's where you find liberation, not in, in just uh, comforting thoughts. And, and then, you know, there's a lot of fear around death. We're all sitting here as living forms, you know, so that, so death for us is in the future. You know, this idea that the body will die in the future. And then we don't know what happens when, you know the question, what happens when we die. <laughs> and then you you reflect on it, the here and now, the Dhamma is here and now. The Dhamma is deathless. And then the only way we, we can realize deathless reality is through mindfulness. And that's what you trust. So, you know, ultimate, really. Nobody dies, just conditions changing. This is... Hard to understand with the thinking mind because remember the thinking, the whole thinking habits that we have are based around I am this body, I'm this personality. My my feelings, my memories. You know, we have nationality, we have gender, we have age, we have strong identities that we believe in and defend or disparage or whatever. But uh, that's what you know, monasticism, Buddhist monasticism is it's a form to reflect on that. It's not a form that to attach to and identify with, it's a form to open to reality. And the whole essence of the Buddhist teaching is mindfulness. And the society is more and more aware of the value of mindfulness. Like here in the UK, you know, there's so much interest in mindfulness to reduce stress, but mostly it's taught as a, you know, not, not in the Buddhist terminologies, where the Buddhist terminologies are very helpful because, like, anatta, non-self, is, uh, is really, you know, if you're just trying to find happiness in the world and reduce stress, There's still a desire, a personal desire, to I'm feel stressed and I don't want to I want to deal with my tension and stress and physical problems. Where in Buddha Dhamma, you know, when you feel like that, you know, we all want to get rid of stress, we don't want to be sick, we wanna be healthy. You know, with the saying, just like lay people, it's no, no difference, but there's emphasis on non-self. And you begin to see just the attitude, the belief that you are stressed is stress itself. You know, if, uh, if I'm convinced I'm stressed, and it's my problem, where if I'm aware, I'm thinking that that that's a condition that I create, I think that, I make that up in my mind and believe it, attached to it. <clears throat> then I want to get rid of it, where in Buddhadama you're actually observing that, and wanting to get rid of it, wanting to to something you don't like, wanting to find happiness, I mean, like the second noble truth, or just this this whole way of reflecting on the way it is to, you know, you're changing from the personal desires, which are natural. We don't want pain. We don't want to be stressed. We don't want to be depressed. We want to be happy. We want uh, stability, safety. and. Uh, Security; these are all desirable objects. So, desire—you know—is—is is to know desire is desire is a reflection on the second noble truth. The origin, the, the cause of suffering, is attachment, ignorant attachment to desire. So observe that in yourself. Don't don't think you have to get rid of desire. It's a matter of. Understanding it, knowing it. Because desire, dana, is sankara. It arises and ceases. And when desire is present, there's consciousness. And when it's absent, there's consciousness. You don't arise and cease. Consciousness doesn't arise and cease with desires or with conditions. So it's the constant reality that we're experiencing, but we don't notice it because we are always committed to the condi- uh, changing conditions of the body and mind. So this is very important, you know. This is this. Uh, the Buddhist practice, because it, you know, it's (coughs) the whole kind of mindfulness movement really comes out of Buddhist meditation, interest in Buddhism in the West. And you can, because Buddhist teaching, Dhamma, is, you know, you can, see it as a religion, like a religion is that which connects you to God or ultimate reality. So Dhamma, you know, it's through Buddha, through awareness, through mindfulness that we realize Dhamma, ultimate reality. So Buddhism is a religion. It does that, fulfills that definition. There's a Latin word, religio. And then uh, it's a philosophy. Searching for truth, study of truth and reality. It's psychology, it's science. When they say it's not scientific, it is. It's ultimate science, ultimately scientific. Because modern science... Modern scientists are always going outward, looking at the what's on Mars or the Moon. Or what, you know, looking for, you know, minutiae or through telescopes or through mega programs in the universe, trying to to understand the nature and how the, how it all began and how it all ended by thinking and by going out, sending your awareness outward through the senses, through sight, through the other senses. Where, with the Buddha, he's taking that same scientific attitude, because science actually means knowledge. The word itself To inwardly, to where we can really Investigate and know for sure what well, you can know definitely, you know, without uh, someone else affirming it. You know, so the re- realization of Dhamma is bhajatang, waitila po, when you hate to be realized yourself, you know, so it's not me affirming your attainment, or some Buddhist monk, or Arahant, or some force in nature coming and uh, telling you what you are, what enlightenment is, or that you are, you aren't. It's through that investigation of the Four Noble Truths that you really know for sure It's no longer, like, doubt, or when you think about it, you'll start doubting it. But like with mindfulness, as you follow the Four Noble Truths, the three aspects of each truth, you know, it's perfectly laid out by the Buddha in his first sermon. Suffering, there is suffering, it should be understood. And the third aspect, the second aspect is it should be, that's the practice, that's kamatān, bhādhibhātā. The third aspect is realization. It's understood. It's a jnana dasana profound understanding. It's not just intellectually accepted. Like we understand we're educated so we understand the words, Buddha's words. You know, so we sometimes believe we understand the Buddha, Buddha's teaching. But the emphasis on bhattipata or on practice is insight understanding, not just intellectual appreciation or intellectual understanding. So like in and they have baryati, Bati, bhati Bhatiwaiti. Bharyati Dhamma is studying the scriptures. So that's the beginning that increases, you know, that's where we begin become interested when we study when we hear the Buddhist teachings. We become interested in it. And we you know, we find most of us have found it interesting we didn't know whether it was true or not, but it, it it there was an arising of faith through reading the scriptures, and then there's bhatti put it in, to under to uh, investigate, find out for yourself. and then butti wait is the result of that investigation is knowledge, insight, knowledge yana is the is the word you know There's it's a lot of yana monks monks called yana and so <laughs> it uh, it's a very nice name if it's pronounced right westerners call it Nayana. but it it's this jnana, is profound understanding, insight. And vipassana is insight, looking into reality itself, recognizing it through insight, not through just belief in uh, the Baryati Dhamma. So there's three aspects to each truth. Second noble truth there is the cause the origin of suffering it is through ignorance avicca of the dhamma, not knowing dhamma that we when desire arises we attach to it and that is the cause the arising of suffering and then the Bhatibhata is, it should, you should let go of conditions, let go of desire. So that's the insight into the second, insight into the second noble truth. And then the third aspect is letting go has been accomplished. You fulfilled. You see. You know. Letting go is the is the way, and that leads to the third noble truth. There is the end of suffering, Nirvana. It should be made clear. Make it clear in your in your life. So in your life, daily life, you you trust in this. Trusting awareness is making it clear. So you're you're not just having, you know, some insight and then forget it. You're making it work in daily life. And then the third aspect is it has been realized. It is clear and fulfilled. And that leads to fourth noble truth. Samaditi, perfect understanding of the path. So you notice each aspect is a... It's a formula for reflection that, you know, this is this English word reflection. It's for intuitive reflection, uh, observing, witnessing, not analyzing. Like with the thinking mind is an analytical function. When we think, you know, we, we analyze, when, when you think about yourself as a person, as a physical person then you start analyzing you know why you ask the question why all the time why do i feel lonely why do i why do i get depressed why do i get angry why do i have so much fear what's wrong with me so that is That is, you know, this sense of why is a creation. You ask why, and then it refers to the personality. The personality is asking why. So the ego wants to know why. Who's to blame for my suffering at this time? (laughs) But in Buddha Dhamma, the Buddha never asked the question why. He said, it's, all conditions are impermanent. He didn't say, why are they impermanent? He just pointing to the way it is. You know, asking why we get depressed or why I feel this way, but pointing to something quite ordinary, obvious such as the First Noble Truth Suffering So when you think, why do I suffer? It's not that. You don't need to know why you suffer. It's just to know there is suffering It's like this. I feel lonely. I feel fear or desire or anger. You see, as soon as you ask why I get angry, then it becomes personal. But, <clears throat> all you need to know is when it's present it's like this when when the feeling of anger is present it's like this it's a noble truth rather than a personal problem the cause of suffering attachment to it you believe the suffering is is mine is me and who's to, and then we ask why we think the ego always wants to blame it on something. You know, so you blame your mother, your father, the weather, your age, because you're getting old, you blame it on gender, blame it on society, blame it on God. Always looking outward to to blame suffering on, uh, you know, the causes created from outside. But the cause of suffering isn't, in the Second Noble Truth, isn't, you know, from outside. The cause is ignorance of Dhamma, lack of awareness, lack of understanding of Dhamma, believing, the firm belief that you're the person suffering rather than suffering is like this, letting go of suffering is like this. The absence, non suffering is like this, and then the right understanding, perfect understanding, samaditi. So each aspect, you know, I've contemplated this for over fifty years now. So at first I you know, it was the the teaching of the Buddha was fascinated me right from the beginning. You know, because uh, I was very, before I meditated, I was very much identified with suffering. You know, I thought, you know, why, you know, most people seem happy, but I'm not. <laughs> and that kind of thing. So there was such a sense of, um, why do I suffer? And you can blame external causes or blame yourself. But you don't, but then with this teaching, the Buddhist teaching of the Four Noble Truths, you're investigating suffering. And I'd never thought of that till I encountered the the Four Noble Truths teaching of the Buddha. Never occurred to me. Because the personal personality is very convincing. you know, it's so righteous and so frightened and so so unsure and unstable the people's personalities. So then I can end this because time is passing, even there's no such thing as time.